This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. To my favorite murder, the mini-sode. We read you your stories. Do you love it or what? Tell us in the comments. I don't know. Are there comments? <laughs> Sound off in the comments below. <laughs> no, the comments are turned off. Always. Uh, want me to go first this time? Yeah. Okay. This is called Bathroom Ghost Lady. Hmm. Hello, my fellow weirdos. Hmm. I am a teacher in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which means that summer breaks are filled with pushing my toddler stroller through a beautiful wooded trail and listening to your relaxing murder podcast. Then it says, don't worry, I play it quietly out loud so that I can't be caught off guard by a forest murderer. Good, thank you. So your your toddler is going to be great. Also a bear. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> right, those happen too. AKA forest murderers. Mm. I don't have any murder stories, but I do have a ghost story. Growing up, I lived in the middle of nowhere, about 30 minutes from, quote, town, which I love that like even town was town. Yeah. When I was about five, I started experiencing really intense night terrors. However, my parents were convinced that these were self-induced in order to steal some attention away from my baby sister. Mm. Cool. My room was at the front of the house. My parents was at the back and between them was a dark hall to the bathroom. Many times I would run from my room to my parents and look down this hallway. Standing in the door frame, I would see a pale woman with a face that looked like she was in pain. Mm-mm. Wait, in the doorway of the bathroom, she means. I would usually let out a scream and run right into my parents' bed. This probably happened a dozen times until we moved out of that house. No big deal. Kids, quote, see ghosts all of the time. But when I was 12, my dad was fixing our bathroom when I overheard, well, at least nobody died in this tub. Cue me yelling, excuse me? My dad proceeded to tell me that the owner of our previous house slipped in the tub, hit her head, and died there. Oh. Nobody found her for weeks because middle of nowhere, remember? I yelled at my dad for just dismissing my sightings of, quote, bathroom ghost lady. And he just shrugged his shoulders and went back to fixing the tub. <laughs> no time for your shit. No worries. I'm decently well-adjusted now. This year has been mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausting, especially as a teacher. Thank you, ladies, for giving me some of the deepest belly laughs during this time and for making it seem like maybe we're not all alone in this what-the-fuck world right now. I'm now raising my own daughter to fuck politeness and take care of her mental health. Stay sexy and maybe believe your kid when they tell you about the bathroom ghost lady, Audra. What a, well, I was going to say nightmare, but what a like horrible situation where there's the perfect reason not yeah. to believe her yeah. is because she's get it, it, it's, it is what's happening. She's the older child that wants attention. Sure. But then there's also another thing happening. Why weren't her parents freaking out silently? Like, 
They knew that someone had died in the bathroom. Their daughter kept seeing a ghost of a lady who died in the bathroom. And they were like, go back to bed. You're being dramatic. It's like, I would have been like, yeah, she sees the, you know, they knew she saw the ghost of the lady who died in the tub. I wonder if though, if she wasn't specifying what she was seeing, like oh. if she couldn't verbalize what yeah. she, what her eyes were happening. So she was just crying and they yeah. were like, enough with the crying. There's a ghost, there's a ghost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. They're like, oh, no, no, no. It's a hallway ghost. Right. Don't worry. No one it died in the hallway. It has nothing to do with the, with the bathroom. <laughs> Nobody died in the hallway. Dummy, yeah. Audra, we're, God, we're, get over it. We're in the clear. I'm not going to read you the subject line. It gives it away. Okay. It starts, hey, hi, hello. <laughs> I've been listening since like November 2021. I got a late start. Okay, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm finally pretty close to caught up. You guys are literally my best friends now. I stopped hanging out with my real friends so I can just stay home and listen, <laughs> listen to you talk in my ear. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Oh my God. Uh, welcome. Good. Your friends were toxic. Yeah. Yeah. They were totally gaslighting you and <laughs> shadow banning you. <laughs> okay. Now you're here with our cult. Anyway. Listening to Minnesota 227 about the Coke treasure in the vintage policeman's coat pocket made me think about a time long, long ago in which I did drugs supposedly found on the street. Here we go, friends and listeners. <laughs> a sketchy dude I was seeing and his buddy invited me over to hang out with them one random Tuesday night because they had some nose candy. I was in my party stage of life and all about it. So the night begins and then goes on and on and mm -hmm. on. And, and then, the, then there's three dots and then it goes, and on and on <laughs> some more into the wee morning hours. Oh my God, I've had those nights. Oh, Scrabble. Scrabble's uh, always fun. I want to barf. Yeah. Telling and retelling the same story over oh, is pretty fun too God. while you smoke. <laughs> I go to hit a line at some point late and it burns a lot more than usual. I said, shit, that burns a lot. They replied to my horror with, oh yeah, that's meth. <laughs> Sorry, if anyone's listening who's under 18, hang up right now. Hang up your oh, phone. Oh, yeah. Should we put a drug advisory warning at the top of this? Maybe. For all, for all people, there's going to be ca very casual mentions of drugs. Yeah, and we are anti-drugs. We are grown up now, and but... I mean, anti-drugs feel strong, but we are definitely anti-meth. We we this yes. show has been anti-meth since day one. I think so. Meth, nose candy of any kind is just not. Just don't do that. Just you're asking for problems. You really you're going to go broke. You're yeah. going to say things you regret. You're Ugh. going to spend time with people you don't actually enjoy spending time with. Huge mistakes. Huge decisions you'd normally say hell no to. You're going to fucking enthusiastically jump into. And then. Just be careful that you don't then decide that's who you are because you're not. Uh, right, because then you do so much stuff that you can't turn back. There's a movie with Mila Kunis called Four Good Days and Glenn Close about Mila Kunis playing this like kind of, you know, lifelong drug addict. And she plays mm -hmm. it so well that I had to turn it off because it was like just so troubling. Oh, and it's just like, this is how you get into the spiral and become this person you don't like. So you do drugs because you can't, deal with yourself anymore. Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah. It all feeds itself. It's it the snake eating its own tail. Right. Mila Kunis, highly undersung, underrated, or whatever uh -huh. you're supposed to say, actress. She did a comedy with Kate McKinnon that where they basically fall into a spy thing. I'm oh, sure right. I, re I recommend it on the show. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Okay, I'm watching it. 
they're both so funny. Yeah. But Mila Kunis is like supermodel gorgeous yeah. and then truly a talented, compelling actress. Yeah, she's good. She's great. Don't stop talking about how she said she doesn't take showers or baths. Oh, Don't worry about that so much. Who cares? <laughs> Why did that become a thing in the middle of COVID where it's like, they don't bathe? Where it's like, <laughs> I don't give a single <laughs> shit. The world is literally falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. Could we stop doing this, please? No one cares. <laughs> anyway. So sorry. No. Anyhow, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, okay, okay, okay. They saw someone. Okay, so this is, oh yeah, it's meth apparently. Uh -huh. Apparently, they saw someone toss it out the window of a car <gasps> earlier in the day during a police chase no! and picked it up and took it home. I, that's kind of <laughs> smart. Yep. Like, at least it's not just like finding it on the street, finding it on the street. It's like, it was good, so good that they had to throw it out or they'd get arrested for it. And it's like, yes. well, that's how you know. But you can fuck. trust that. <laughs> you can trust that Yelp review oh, right there. Oh my God. Okay, go on. <laughs> so when we ran out of the usual stuff, they cut that into lines instead. Oh, so they were kind of blending it in when they were sure. running out of their normal coke. Sure. And then it just says, I am so lucky I didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's your completely, completely, yeah. right? Not just on this occasion, but many other times. <laughs> and, la and laughingly continued to party throughout the night. Needless to say, I regretted it for days afterwards and never spoke to that guy again once I came down from my high. I'll end this as succinctly as possible by saying I got my shit together shortly after that and I am now an upstanding Murderino citizen, but I do love to tell the story of that one time I accidentally did meth. Love you guys! Oh. Two exclamation points, no name. Wow, that's fucked up. Let's yeah. let's rethink drugs, everyone. Well, let's just or let's discuss the downside because right? I think it's like if you're writing, if you're telling a story and it's like that's delightful, except for at one point you were just like, I'm so glad I didn't die. Let's have the fewest <laughs> amount of stories in your life yeah. where they get summed up by you saying, I'm so glad I didn't die. Let's just not do it to ourselves. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. This one's called Blockbuster Blockhead. Okay. And then it starts. I don't think you're going to like this. Hi, fellow <laughs> Paul Holes Crusherinos. <laughs> No, you're you're so right. However, the story is good. So here we go. In 1990, I was a 20-year-old college student working at a well-known video store, (laughs) probably Blockbuster. The Mm. hectic evening was slowing down with a few customers browsing the stacks. I was one of the only workers working the registers when I heard the familiar door chime of someone coming into the store. I said hello to the blonde-haired man in a dirty blue jean jacket as he came in and smiled at me and said hello. He came to the counter and I asked if I could help him find something. He abruptly pulled a gun in my face, telling me he was robbing me and wanted me to put all the money on the counter. No. He was shaking at this moment and I did not want to spook this guy in any way. I stood stunned for a moment and gathered my thoughts and then opened the register while a few customers around us stood in silence with wide eyes watching what was happening. I opened the register and clicked open all the bill holders and started to put the money on the counter. Suddenly, a woman came up to the counter and bellowed, Hey, miss, do you have a fish called Wanda? (laughs) I looked over at her, immediately irritated, and said, I will help you when I am done with this kind man. Good Lord. She huffed off with her husband saying how rude I was to her. I was so shocked at this woman's lack of observation that I momentarily forgot what was happening to me and I just reacted in my normal way. (laughs) I turned back to the robber and said, some fucking people, am I right? (laughs) Then she said, but I guess her movie choice was fitting with a fish called Wanda being about a robbery. She said Mm -hmm. that to the robber. She did. She said it to him. I shook my head, tut-tutted, and then asked, okay, there are the bills. Would you also like the rolled coins? At this point, he put the gun back in his jacket, laughed, and shook his head at my comment about the woman and said he did not want the rolled coins and for me to have a nice night. He left, and the shocked customers and I huddled together, making sure we were all okay. I remember them telling the woman and the man what was going on when she came to the counter as I called the police. Moments later, I was telling the story to the police officers. Two years later, I had to go on the stand and give testimony at the robber's trial. Apparently, he was addicted to heroin and needed the money. I felt bad for this man and his addictions, but to this day, the fact that this woman was so wrapped up in her own life that she was oblivious to what was going on around her remains the most amazing part of the story to me. That's right. All caps. Ugh, people. (laughs) 
These days, I tell this story when people complain about their kids on their phones and not noticing things around them. I like to tell this story as a way to point out that people have always been oblivious. LOL. Any hootily doodly. <laughs> Why did you make me say that? Stay sexy and notice when people are getting robbed. Lori. No, it's any hootily doodle. Oh, Lori. Why did you make me do that? Lori. You were Lori's puppet just saying the words she put on the paper. <laughs> Lori, I'm blushing. Oh, man. Uh, God, that's an amazing story. Also, it isn't that always the way. If some obnoxious person yeah. with an agenda and absolutely no spatial awareness right. is just like, hey, like skipping to the I front. want a thing and I need it now. <laughs> hey, this is my blockbuster. <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, this is a real, sorry, you know what? We have to put a drug warning at the top of the show because okay. the subject line of this email is pop brownie incident of 2017. Uh -oh. It just gets worse. Okay. Hi, MFM friends. You recently asked, oh, we did this. You recently asked oh. for some drug-related stories. Well, <laughs> you know what? We were probably guys, on drugs when he asked for them. Guys, we're so sorry <laughs> about all of these people writing in yeah, with ew. their drug stories. We don't know what they're doing. Gross. Like, we are good <laughs> girls. We don't do drugs. Not at all. Anymore. You recently <laughs> asked for some drug-related stories. And boy, do I have fun for you. Okay. I was a sophomore in high school, and of course, my friends and I thought we were hot shit. So we bought some pop brownies for a chain smokers concert. <laughs> and then in parentheses, it just says, I know. <laughs> From our friend's 26 year old older brother who happened to grow pot in his backyard. Oh, older brothers. Which should have been our first red flag, but we were 16. Mm -hmm. Three of my friends and I entered into our high school cardboard boat race <laughs> where we had a month to build a boat out of giant sheets of cardboard and then sail them in our snake-infested duck pond. Oh, God. Uh-huh, which looked more like a drainage swamp. <laughs> Thinking what about it. <laughs> this story has everything. This story needs drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking it would be fun to paint our cardboard boat a little high, we each ate half a brownie. Oh, no. You, what's the next part of the story? And got too high and went insane? What? But you're skipping one crucial element, which is an hour later, none of us felt anything, oh. so we ate a little more. Every time. Every time. Nothing's happening, Claus. Nothing's happening. This isn't strong enough. You've heard this story a million Every times. Every time. And then people go on to tell you the most heart-wrenching, like, yeah. I was so scared. I, I was trapped in my own bathroom. <laughs> I was like, trapped. I was trapped in fucking California's Adventure Disney. And I, <laughs> and I was trapped in the motherfucking Muppets 3D movie theater. The Muppets oh, were right. screaming yeah. at me. <laughs> Don't eat pot. Don't eat pot. It's terrifying. Okay. One time I had a spoon, Vince. I came home from work and Vince was like in bed being like, I'm freaking out. And I had to like spoon him and tell him everything was going to be okay because he just oh. ate too much fucking pot. Yes. <laughs> it is such a fine line that ruins it. You go from this could have been like a fun, lazy yeah. hang in the park. We watched to Spinal Tap. It was great. Full breakdown. Like... <laughs> You're melting down. Your world is ending. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then when you, if you'd like, the idea is like, we're going to eat a little pot brownie and go to a theme park. Oh, then, yeah. Then it, everything turns into nightmare town. 
An hour later, none of us felt anything, so we ate a little more. Mm. Mistake. Within minutes, we were all so stoned that we couldn't speak to each other, let alone act normal enough to be on our high school campus painting this stupid cardboard boat. (laughs) One of us went and fell asleep on the floor of the bathroom, which led our guidance counselor finding her and asking if she had an eating disorder, to which she answered... No, I'm just stoned. <laughs> oh, I see. I didn't know they were at school. I thought they were like in a garage doing this. The, well, that's what you would assume. That yeah. would make the most sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, no, they took that shit to school and ate it at school. Oh, no. To which she answered, no, I'm just stoned. While the other three of us sat in various patches of grass and tried to look like we weren't floating in space. (laughs) My homeroom teacher, who was like my second mom, found me sitting alone contemplating my life and asked if I wanted a panini. Aw. (laughs) Always. What what stone person doesn't want a panini? Every stone person wants a panini. What? A beautiful gesture of understanding and comfort. Oh, did she know she was high though? I thought she was just coming up to her and be like, hey, do you want a panini? Right? Some kind of like, almost like a Grateful Dead concert magic of like, hey, I know what you want and I've got it right here on a platter. Right. This is what she says next. I think she knew what was going on. Uh, And now that I look back on it, I hope she got a good laugh out of my stoned misery. (laughs) But I don't think she was laughing at you. I think she's probably a dyed in the wool stoner herself. And she was like, She's high and she's going to need some carbs right. to round this out so it's not so painful. She's in carbs. That's what we need. <laughs> Bring it down. I ended up going to the University of Colorado Boulder where eating pot brownies and contemplating life has become quite the norm. So I would say this experience shaped me in some way, good or bad. Anyway, stay sexy and never buy pot brownies from your friend's deadbeat older brother. <laughs> e. Oh, deadbeat older brothers are never any good. No, they don't have your best outcome in mind. We've all dated deadbeat older brothers and you don't realize that's what they are until after. They're never good. Then you're like, oh, I recognize you from the Taco Bell parking lot. You're a deadbeat. (laughs) Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, made-in cookware. Made-in was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made-in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Okay, my last one is called, Hey, you want a mausoleum? It's not about drugs. (laughs) Okay. Hello, Karen, Georgia, and MFM Associates. Yes, this includes pets. 
On a recent episode, Georgia was talking about safety deposit boxes and what happens to them when nobody pays for them. Well, something similar happened in my family last fall, but it wasn't a safety deposit box. Last fall, my mom and her siblings received a letter from a cemetery in New York telling them that the roof of their mausoleum was in need of repair. Super, right? Everyone wants a leaky tomb. There was just one issue. My mom and her siblings had no idea that they owned a mausoleum. How did this happen? Well, buried in the mausoleum are my great, great, great grandmother, her brother, and their father. Plus room for more. (laughs) Throughout the years, (laughs) life passed normally at the mausoleum. Since it was already paid for, there was no need for paying attention to what ancestors owned it. Isn't that fucking crazy? That was until repairs were needed. The cemetery somehow tracked my great, great, great grandmother's family tree and discovered my mom and her siblings all the way in Washington. Shit. My three times great uncle died without children, hence the mausoleum ownership passing to his sister's family. He was injured in the leg at the Battle of Gettysburg. Whoa. But methinks that injury was a bit higher up, hence the no children. Oh. I know. Oh, that's, wow. That's dark. Anyway, once my family confirmed that this was not a scam, they began to wonder just how the hell they were going to pay for repairs. The mausoleum has a Tiffany stained glass window, so the repairs needed to be done well as to not ruin it. Luckily, when researching the mausoleum, my family found out that not only do we have a mausoleum, we have a whole giant-ass plot of land where other ancestors (gasps) are buried. Plus some open plots in case anybody feels like joining them. Hey. Also, isn't it crazy that it's up to the family to fix the mausoleum and not the property owners? Right. I guess guess they are the property owners. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're renters on the... Yeah. That is... Yeah. Yeah. Since my entire family lives across the country from New York, none of us really feel the need to be buried in the family plot. So the extra spaces were sold and the mausoleum was repaired. Huzzah! (laughs) Many, many years ago, I did a school report on my three times great uncle, but learning about the mausoleum led me into deeper research. I even found out that my great, great, great grandmother was part of a family genealogical society that held annual meetings. While reading their 1904 meeting notes, I came across this description of one of my ancestors. Quote, perseverance that marks their character in every department in life and generally crowns their efforts with success, though often attained after repeated failure. I am a teacher Ooh. and this past year has been the most difficult of my entire career. Reading that quote really resonated with me and reminded me that I can push through the hard times. Thanks for always keeping me entertained on my drives to and from work. And I promise to keep listening even while on summer break. SSDGM, stay smart and do good math, Tori. Tori, wait, will you read the perseverance quote one more time? Yeah. Perseverance marks their character in every department in life and generally crowns their efforts with success, though often attained after repeated failure. I'm just writing it down. Oh, the whole thing? I'll send it to you. Mm, I love that. I know. Because that really is how life works. And that's like somebody handing down the secret to life where it's just like, hey, everybody likes to think it's like there's some people who just like get stuff and it's natural. And that exists in some ways. Yeah. But for the most part, any overnight success is someone that's been working for 15 years. For sure. Like it's all about getting in, 
and digging in yeah. and staying in. And then staying also in. that Tori got this realization that like it's in her blood. You know what I mean? To like, yes, that's like that quote my grandma always said, bigger dummies than you. It's like, yeah, way fucking, way stupider people have been successful in life and have had good relationships and have fucking persevered. And despite having depression and anxiety, other people who have had that have had incredible lives. So there's no yes. reason that you can't too. Not at all. Yeah. There's people who have had way worse and gotten way better. And that truly that idea of, get, it's almost like just getting a warning. We're just like, don't hope for no bad times. Yeah. Because no bad times teach you nothing, yeah. leaves you with nothing. Like you got to build those muscles. Right. And you got to, uh, you got to know they're coming. And then, you know, that's what anxiety is. It's the yeah. overdeveloped sense of, I got, I got to get ready for the next thing that's coming from around the corner. It's still deeply wise to be yeah. that way. Yeah. There's a true wisdom in it where you're like, you're not kidding yourself. You're not going, I'm going to live on the third floor, but no one will come up there. <laughs> I think that's last episode, actually. <laughs> I'll never let it go. I'll never let it go. I, for example, how would you and I know that drugs are really bad and we can tell everyone about it had we not done a bunch of them and tried that's them? That's right. And had terrible times. Terrible. And barfed green and had massive regrets. Eight and crayons. Felt like, on. The subject line is Mason strippers. So are you in or are you out? Always in. Ladies Stevens and everyone in between. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. There's that range. All the Stevens. I know y'all are down with pepper spray stories and mm. I have a feeling this, that stripper stories are cool too. Absolutely. Always. <laughs> you know us. It's, it feels great to be known and seen. Yeah. I work at a small cabaret in the heart of downtown Denver. We specialize in burlesque, which is basically just stripping for theater kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Love what it. a great series of emails this has been. Yeah. Genuine belly laughs. Mm. Okay. During one particular show, the cast was hanging out backstage waiting for the big final group number to happen. It was to spooky Mormon held dream from Book of Mormon to help paint the picture. Mm. I don't, did you see Book of Mormon, the I musical? Didn't. I really want to see it and I've never gotten to. I know, me too. I really want to. Okay. <clears throat> While we were waiting, one of the cast members was fiddling with this weird object that had been laying around the dressing room for a few months. Nobody really knew what it was, but for some reason, nobody threw it away. We all just fiddled with it when we were bored. So needless to say, there was literally nothing out of the ordinary about six strippers dressed as devils and Mormons sitting around, one playing with what we assumed was cool garbage. <laughs> that is until we heard a click and then a short puff, ending with the girl playing with the garbage, yelling, it's fucking mace. Oh my God. Yes, this weird piece of trash that we had been fiddling with for months was mace. And the cast member had accidentally sprayed herself directly in the face. Okay, this is the kind of story we're asking for. The next line all by itself is, all spooky Mormon hell broke loose. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those who don't know, mace like really sucks, especially when sprayed inside a small windowless basement mm. venue. <laughs> so that little spritz of mace quickly started to take over the dressing room. Within minutes, the entire cast was crying, coughing, and snotting all over the place. Mascara was running. Wigs were falling to the ground. Oh. And to make matters worse, we still had three acts left in the oh, show. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> and this show must, must go, go on. on. Oh my God. It wasn't long before the mace reached the audience. <gasps> 
probably because we were opening and closing the backstage door, trying to fan the mace out of the dressing room. <laughs> Slowly over the next few acts, people started coughing and getting up to go to the bathroom. Everybody thought that they were having spontaneous allergies in January in a basement. <sighs> I was standing in the back of the room by the bathrooms because that's where I started for the big finale act. As I stood there leaking all over the place, I thought it's best that we just kept this allergies in January narrative going. Oh, when no. somebody would pass, I'd say, damn allergies already? Or it looks like spring is coming or oh. extra early this year. It was January in Colorado. <laughs> that was all caps. Even with climate change, that is not when spring comes. <laughs> The night ended with a lot of tears, more snot than anybody cared to deal with, and about 100 innocent audience members probably Googling the air pollen count as they drove home. Mm. As for us strippers, from that night on, we vowed that no matter how interesting any pieces of trash are that we find, just throw it away, no need for fiddling. <laughs> and then it's signed, Glitter and Mace, Bender. Oh, Bender. Oof. That was a good one. That was epic. <laughs> that was a, the tale of a lifetime. If you were writing us your story about how you got maced in a basement and lied to about it, go ahead and send it. Please. Um, and send us any fucking story at my favorite murder at Gmail. You guys know their drill. You're so good at it. Everybody is so on point. Um, thank you for sending those in and stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our producer is Alejandra Keck. This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Our researcher is Gemma Harris. Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.